Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tag Team Podcast. This is Johnny Tartaglione, and I am joined by my co-host and brother, Anthony Tartaglione. The Tony Tags. And we are so happy to be back. What? I said the Tony Tags. Oh, the Tony Tags, yeah. I yeah. should have said that a little better. But uh, yeah, fuck it. Um, Yeah, a little bit of a break, but... We are happy for today's episode because we're going to kick it off with a little brother-to-brother talk about skiing and snowboarding for those of you who are uneducated about the topic or just want to hear about our shit stories. And then we are happy to bring on a guest in the second segment, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'm really excited but, uh, for our yeah. guest today. It's going to be good. Um, it is. It's going to be great. But Tony, I'll let you kick it off because you've been skiing more than I have or have done more snow sports than I have. So I kind of want to hear your input first because I just went snowboarding for the first time this past weekend. But I kind of want to go off of your stories first. Okay. So let me put it to you frankly. The first time I went, uh, I had no idea what it was about. And I live in New York. You guys know this. But we decided to go skiing in Vermont, which is like three hours from here. And I'm like, okay, it's my first time going. And I'm like, okay, I guess we got to drive three hours to get to a ski mountain. I have no idea. I didn't look it up. I didn't really care. I was like, all right, I'm just along for the adventures. Because my my roommates, uh, Arvand, he's a, he's a big skier. Like, he's a really big skier. My other buddy, Walker, he's also a big skier. And so they were all pumped about going to this place, Gore Mountain. And I was like, okay, it's in New York. I think it's really close to the Vermont, Vermont border. And it was like three hours away from Syracuse. And we drive all the way up there. And I'm like... I'm like, not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, what the hell is this? And we got no cell service. And they give me skis that are literally the shortest thing I've ever seen in my life. It looks like I'm on skates. And they sent me on the slopes. <laughs> Hi, hell, here you go. And little did I know that when we were there, Arvan and Walker were like complaining about the ski lift. And I was like, why? And because uh, there was only one lift open. Little did I know the second time I went skiing would not be until 10 months later, after the most miserable fucking time of my life up at Gore Mountain, struggling, falling, eating shit all the time, falling in an ice ditch, getting stuck, uh, getting all banged up. It was terrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I was falling literally every two seconds. My DIN number, which if you don't know what that is, on a ski, it's what pretty much whether you're a level one, level two, or level three skier. It's pretty much how good your skis stay on or fall off based on you know, if you're, if you're really shitty at skiing, you're going to have a low DIN number because that means they're going to come off easy. But if you're really good at skiing, they'll stay on because you'll know how to handle it so they won't fall off as easy. You'll have a higher DIN number. That's just explanatory for people who don't know how skis work and beginner levels and stuff. But uh, total shit show. I ate shit. It was miserable. I did not have fun. And then little did I fucking know that a year later, there was like seven or eight mountains within an hour of me. And I wasted my fucking time, my three hours to drive up there and have a shitty ass time when I could have learned everything real close. But it was bananas, dude, because the first time I ever went skiing, I shit my pants. So that's my first experience. And I feel like <laughs> if I share my first experience with the same time as your first experience, I think I could build off of that and explain to you how the process gets better and how it advances because there's so much to it. And you've only been once. So go ahead, run them so up. So nothing, nothing was better than that video you put up of you on your on your Fitsta of you twirling like three times. And then these people can't know I have that, dude. These people can't know I have that. 
<laughs> they don't know the tick. They don't know the Fair enough. They don't know the username. All right. Continue. But nothing was better of that video you put up of you twirling like a fucking ballerina like six times and then falling into the ditch. <laughs> that was inc- that was an incredible moment. And that video lives rent free in my head. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a really bad time. I took a lot of videos. I took a lot of videos of me, and I was really banged up. A lot of bruises. Because for those <laughs> so, of you guys who don't know, hold on, I want to preface this. Oh my god, we're four minutes in, and I already blew it. I said preface, but I'm not even gonna fucking bother. <laughs> you already fucking blew it. Uh, god damn it. For those of you who don't know skiing, there is levels to how hard different slopes are. Green for easy, blue for uh, intermediate, and then black for hard. And then if you really want to get extreme, they have double black. And then they have double black diamond. And there's a whole bunch of different intricacies. Well, I thought it went black diamond. There's black diamonds, right? Yeah. Well, there's black diamond and double black diamond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just gets extremely hard. And these fucks, Arvan Walker, say, your first time? Ah! Go on a black. And that's how I ended up in the ice ditch. <laughs> so if you guys want to know why I ended up in the ice ditch... It's not because I didn't know what I was doing, because I totally didn't know what I was doing. But it was because my roommates pushed me to do it, and, and fuck them for that. I had a shitty time at Gore Mountain, but I love skiing, and I'll tell you why. But continue with your first story. Well, at least you weren't a bitch. At least you just said hey, fucking sense. Susie it. ain't rage no bitch. You know that. You know damn well. You grew a pair. You grew a pair of balls, and you did it. I respect it. Mm-hmm. I full-on respect that. So what happened with me was I got to the mountain and uh, we went to Snowshoe in West Virginia. And first of all, the drive out there, I'm on the interstate and my GPS tells me I have like 86 miles to go, but it says I'm two and a half hours away. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, is there traffic or? Well, little did I know that Snowshoe is nowhere near the interstate. And I was driving on these fucking back roads forever. I was twisting and turning up these mountains. It was almost like I was driving fucking, it was like I was driving a go-kart. It was nutty. And I was like, what the fuck is this? But anyways, yeah, what you said earlier, you literally have no cell service at any of these mountains at all whatsoever. No, and no, it's no. Kind you of do. Funky because, you do. I'll get into it though. Continue. Well, not, not at snowshoe. It was kind of tough. But anyways, I get out there and I'm like, okay. Like I've skateboarded before in my life. I used to skateboard when I was younger. I was like, I can, I can snowboard. Like it can't be that bad. Like I knew it was gonna be difficult, but I was like, I'll get the hang of it after a little while. So I get out there the first day, and I'm strapping up on the board, and I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm at the top of the green, and I'm like, well, how the fuck do I even stand up? And that's when it clicked that I was absolutely fucked. And then I had no chance. <laughs> so me, it was about, it was for my. So wait, wait, wait. You didn't even go to the bunnies? You just strapped no, up, said, hopped on the, the lift and went up? I, yeah, I just strapped up. You didn't even go to the bunnies? Yeah. You, you never. I did not go to the bunnies. Never even, never even trying anything before. You went, dude, you're an idiot. You're literally so dumb. You are Well, so I realized. Dumb. Yeah, I realized I. Decided to go full dumbass, and <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Fuck the bunnies! I can do this." But nah, I was wrong. You and said, it was funny. "Fuck the bunnies!" Nah, dude. For anybody who has never been before, <laughs> I'm giving you. I'm telling you right now. Look, I know you may feel like you're a wuss or a pussy for being on the bunnies. You gotta do it in order to learn. Because if you just send it, dude, your day's already miserable. You have ruined your day 
from <laughs> point blank one. If you just get there, so let me tell you. up, hop on, and go, you're fucked. You literally no, have I literally, you, you've damned yourself. You have damned yourself by doing no, this. No, I said, I said full on, fuck it, I'm going. I was like, whatever. So I strapped up, and everyone else with me, except for Darden, knew what they were doing. And me and Darden looked like the fucking Goonie Tunes strapped up on the snowboard. Did Darden snowboard or ski? Darted, darted, did not. He tried to snowboard, couldn't do it, and then and then switched his keys. Sorry, Darden, for calling you out because I know you're gonna listen to this, but it's too fucking funny not to mention. <laughs> for those of you guys who don't know, Darden is, Darden but, is our no. longtime best, one of our best friends. Uh, lives in North Carolina. and my roommate. Yeah, and but, Johnny's roommate. But, but I, I seriously, I just have to say this because when we were first uh, got there and all of them were ready to go. Me and Darden were strapped up on the bench and we were like, we looked at each other and we were like, dude, what the fuck are we doing? Like, we had no idea. It may as well have been Calc 4. Like, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And so it was literally... So let me tell you the worst part about this, though. So I'm trying to strap up and I'm trying to stand up and I can't even stand up. It's literally like I'm walking on ice. But then I see fucking four-year-olds zipping down the black diamond showing me up. Like, I'm fucking 21. I can't even stand up, and I got four-year-olds zipping down the black diamond. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? They're just showing me up. I look like a dumbass. So question, question. And so anyways. Question. How long did it take you to get down the first slope? <laughs> Oof. All right, so it took me about 27 minutes to grow the nuts to stand up on the board. And then, and then, and so I got to the top of the green and I strapped him in, right? And I finally get the balls to go down the mountain. And I don't know the whole heel to toe mechanism yet. So I start, I start going. And then, literally, about two and a half seconds later, I'm on my fucking ass. I didn't even make Dude. it down the first loop. Oh, I ate shit. no. And then you, I'm like, motherfucker. I, I, here's the thing I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. And I know exactly how you looked. You got up, all confident, oh, yeah. ready to go. And then you said, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then you just fall on your ass. <laughs> well, yeah, because I didn't know. So anyways, I went down. I got down the first turn. And I am moving like a grandpa down this mountain. I'm literally driving 20 and a 70. Like, I'm slowly going. And I'm like, I get to this slope. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to send it. So I sent it, right? Well, I caught the front of the board, and I'm sliding headfirst into second base, dude. Literally, ate Oof. dog shit. Oof. I'm eating the ice because oh. I'm face first on the slope. And so the worst part about it, this is the worst part about it. I fell, and I tried to move off to the side. But you know when you fall face first, it's hard to flip back over because the board's so long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a skier. I got a skier coming right behind me. Oh no! And she fucking tried to swerve, and she barely missed me, and went right into this this snow pile. It was like out of a movie. <laughs> like she fucking wrecks, and she gets up. Her fucking her fucking ski flies off. She's all she she's flustered. She's all dude. banged up. She's dude. flustered. She's so, all oh, banged she's up. Oh, she's all banged up, and she goes. You fucking snowboarders don't know what you're doing. And in my mind, I'm just like, you're a fucking asshole. 
Like, you're a fucking asshole for saying that. Like, obviously, it's my first time, and you're I don't know what I'm doing. No, no, no. I, I know. I, I feel her pain. in this, I wouldn't have been as much as a bitch as she was. But I feel her pain on the level of I would have probably bitched to myself because I'm just a bitch. But it was just annoying to sit there and see somebody who doesn't know what they're doing right off the shoot. And that's exactly what you did. <laughs> And that's why I'm sorry. I have to apologize. <laughs> fuck the bunnies. Fuck the bunnies. <laughs> yeah, you said fuck the bunnies until you hit the green and you hit your ass. So necessary things to have when snowboarding and skiing. Number one is confidence. Because if you're worried about falling, you're going to fall. And the second thing that's important and is necessary is a flask. That's it. That's what you need. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why, a flask. Like, you just, you, yeah, fireball. Okay, Let's go. so let's rip. <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind, when I uh, when we come out with this podcast, you got to tweet out the uh, you got to tweet out the picture below of you on the on the, on the snowboard <laughs> so people can see what you mean by flask, dude. Too good. That was a legendary old time picture. I saw that. I instantly put it on my Instagram story. I said, "This is too good." This is too fucking good. Well, you know, I did it. And eventually, so I I did the greens the whole first day. We skied Friday, Saturday. So I did green the whole first day. And then we went to a different part of the mountain on Saturday. And it was raining in the morning, so it was kind of slushy. And my socks were soaked the whole day. But I went down the greens uh, for the first part of the day. And then I eventually ripped a blue. And I got down the blue all right, so I did that like three or four times. And then I did end up making it down to Black Diamond. But I didn't full, so I just knew I had to go slowly. But I eventually made it down. And there was at some points where I had the confidence to rip it. But then once I started, once I gripped it and ripped it and was going toe to heel, that's when I ate shit because I didn't really know how to turn and I didn't know how to balance and it was a little more difficult. But yes, um, definitely if you go and it's your first time and you're going to lose your virginity to a snow sporting event, ski before you snowboard people always say that i do have to say so when i was getting into it for the first time people always said to me they said well if you want to get into it skiing is definitely going to be easier to start but harder to master while snowboarding is going to be a lot harder to start but a lot easier to master and that is such the true case um i see a lot of people get really good with snowboarding my friend dom clinch he got really good in like uh just a couple days on the slopes because he's just, you know, he, it was hard for him to learn. He struggled at first. But once he got the technique down, it was easier for him to do, like, spins and heel to toe. Like, I don't really know much about the art of snowboarding because I've only skied. But you know what? I got to say this about Dom, though. He's he's shorter, so his he has a lower center of gravity, which makes it easier. Yeah, I guess you're right. But Which is actually but true. to my point. That is true. It's harder to my for point, taller people, the day, which is why kids are better. The day the sport changed for me, because I had such a negative connotation with skiing the first time I went. I was like, damn, that was miserable. I was cold the whole time. I kept falling. I sucked at it. It was hard. And then the boys, Georgie and Barrett, were like, yo, let's go out to Denver. And I'm like, word. So we went out there, and we we're like, fuck it. What are we going to do in Denver? We're going to ski. And so uh, we ended up going to A Basin out in Colorado, and that taught me how to be a man on the slopes um the amount that i learned in the two days i skied out there in colorado was unreal i learned how to turn how to stop because the snow out there is powder compared to packed 
powder slash ice that we see here on the East Coast, it's a lot softer snow, so it's a lot easier to learn. It's a lot, obviously, it's a lot different. But it taught me mainly all the logistics I needed for skiing, and I learned to love it. And since then, I've been skiing about five or six times. I've been out to the uh, Appalachians. I've been out to Boone. And I've been up here in New York a couple times. And I've loved it, dude. Skiing is so much fun. But I'll tell you one thing, dude. Last week, I went up to Bristol Mountain, which is about 40 miles west. Nah, 60 miles west of here in Syracuse. It's just south of Rochester. And let me tell you, I was like, fuck it. Today is the day. I'm hitting the terrain park. So for so most some ski resorts will have a terrain <laughs> park where they have bars and jumps and like big shit. So like the real shit. You know, I've been like been able to like stay up on black diamonds at this point, like been able to go through woods. Like I'm not a great skier, but I, I know what I'm doing. Like I would I would be able to call myself past, not a beginner, but like not intermediate, like somewhere in between. Like a level one and a half skier, I would say. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I can hold my own. So I'm gonna send it to the terrain park. So it's nighttime. It's coming down. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Last run of the night. I'm hitting the terrain park. We go up. I rip the jump. Hit probably like three or four feet of air. Land it. Perfect. I felt like a champ. No I'm like, way. Let's go. First time ever. <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God. First jump. I landed it. No I was like, way. what the fuck happened? Yeah. No so, way. So, yeah. Swear to God. So. Um, All right, people. There's no way that video you evidence. can envision I have Cody video evidence. ripping the jump. There's no way. There's video evidence. No I have video evidence and right, I can I get it in see. writing. And I can get it in writing from the guy who was with me that I did it four first time. Four feet's in an exaggeration, dude. Four feet's an exaggeration. Nah, yeah, four feet's way an exaggeration, <laughs> but I don't care. I felt like a fucking champ. It was probably six inches of air, but who gives a fuck? I hit the jump. <laughs> I hit the jump. That's what fucking matters. I felt like a badass. But here's the thing. No, sorry. That was on Friday and that was at Greek Peak. I hit the jump for the first time. That Sunday, which was Valentine's Day, we decided to go to Bristol. And we were at Bristol, and we hit the other terrain park, and I went off the jump, and this was during the day. I went off the jump for the second time ever. Ski flies off, midair, midair, ski comes off. I knew no I was dead. Way. I, in that moment, I was like, you know what? I got two <laughs> options. I got two options, break both my legs or die. I was like, ah, oh, dying sounds pretty good. That was my thought process in the moment. So my ski hits the ground. I face plant. Bang. Square in the square, <laughs> face square in the snow. This is the second time I ever tried it. Ski falls off. Other ski falls off on top of the mountain. This other dude jumps right behind me. Doesn't see my ski there. Hits my ski. Wipes out. Because my other ski came off at the top of the mountain. My other ski goes flying. Arvan and Walker were with me. They had already done the jump. The ski flies past him. I'm like, stop the ski. Stop the ski. Stop the ski. I'm throwing my hands up. The ski's coming right at Arvin. Arvin's like, I got this. I got this. Whoop. Ski goes right past him. Whoop. Down the hill. There it goes. <laughs> straight down. My ski probably hit 70 miles an hour, it felt like. Because it was going down. It was going down off the terrain park. It was a black. So it was a straight downhill. The thing hits, a, hits the snowplow, flies straight up into the air, probably a solid. This was real. Real. Probably a solid 10 to 12 feet in the air. Hits a tree and falls. That's all you hear. No way. My ski flew off from the terrain park and went all the way down the mountain. I had to grab my other ski, say sorry to the other dude. He's like, dude, you suck. Yeah, I could just tell. He was like, dude, you suck. What are you doing at this terrain park? Because he saw what happened <laughs> with my ski. So he's like, you're a fucking lunatic. And so I grabbed my other ski, and I'm sitting there skiing down the mountain on a black with one ski. <laughs> <laughs> my other skis in the woods, Arvan and Walker, that, and got it for me. And I got up, and that was the last time I went skiing. 
Yeah, that so, is unbelievable. Note to self: I Unreal. think I, was, I jumped the gun a little bit on the. Uh, I jumped the gun a little bit, uh, like a Friday uh, Friday meeting. I dropped the gun and uh, <laughs> took the train park too early. <laughs> little big bird, little big bird. Actually, so, uh, I was definitely yeah. a little big bird on the slopes. My mom, mom told me she's coming up, and she's got to ski with you. So yeah, uh, I'm skiing this weekend. It. Susie Tags coming. up. I know. I'm excited. I'm so excited. So so the reason I'm excited for Susie Tags to ski is not to see her skill level, but to see her reactions. And for those of you who know our mother, that's going to be a fucking fantastic scene. And I I wish. She it's gonna be a and and oh <laughs> and god damn it this is hard that's what it's gonna be <laughs> uh make sure you make sure you take mom over to the bunnies i'll make Don't sure i'll take her over to the on those. i'll make sure i'll take her over to the bar not the bunnies <laughs> just send mom down a double black fuck it <laughs> hey mom you know what you're doing come on black double black means easy. take her right take her right to the terrain park Unreal. Uh, unreal. Yeah, mom, you gotta hit the jump. That's the only way. <laughs> unreal. Uh, nah, yeah. it was a good time though. I could talk about this forever, but it was fucking hilarious seeing Darn and me struggle because we were and oh, let me tell you, I wanna I wanna get to this real quick. Getting off the ski lift with a snowboard is a pain in the ass. Not if let you're good. You. Not if you know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> All you do is it put took your me foot, forever to realize. You put your left foot in the strap, you put your right foot on the board, and you strip on down. And that's all. You bounce. Yeah, I know. But I didn't know that at first, and so the first time I slipped, and the, the lift hit me right in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> did they have to stop they the lift for you? They gave me a nice old kadoink. Did they have to stop the lift for you? Kadoink. No, I slid down on my ass, and the thing oh. hit me in the back of the head, and oh. that was it. Unbelievable. I eventually figured it There's out. There's so much more I want to talk about skiing, so we definitely are going to have to give another segment on this. Uh, let us know if you guys like this, because there's so much more funny content I have from the slopes that I'd like to bring. If you guys are interested in this. Well, here's what we could do. Here's what we could do, because I know I want to get our special guest on here, and you're going to go skiing with mom this weekend. So next podcast that we come out with, we could give a good little recap of that and just wrap up any stories that we have in a short little segment. Yeah, That's All what right. we could do. That works so, for me. You guys are hearing right. the decisions being made right here on the Tag Team Podcast. Look at that. A little strategic action going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was, so that was pretty much it. That was pretty much, you know, how we got into skiing and snowboarding and what we think of the what we think of it. I love it. Uh, I yep. definitely and, uh, am excited to go back this weekend. So uh, we are going to transition now into bringing our guest on. And stay tuned because it's a very interesting topic and you're going to want to hear about it. So uh, keep it real. Keep it here. This is the Tag Team Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tag Team Podcast. It's Tony Tags here, following my brother, Johnny Tags. And today we have another special guest. This man, it's actually crazy, our relationship. So I've only met this guy in person once. But <laughs> for some reason, he's one of my best friends ever. And the reason why is because of gaming. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tag Team Podcast. Jake Edwards, otherwise known as Jakey Rodman. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. 
Dude, I'm so lit to have you on. It's just so great to have you here. Like, if you guys, for you guys don't know, like, if I was to explain somebody who has a personality who I love, like somebody who's just a go-getter and somebody who's ready to just always have a good time, it's Jake, dude. And I, I love him for that, and I love him for his positive attitude and his energy. Um, Johnny Tags. What do you think about having Jakey Rodman on the podcast? Today? I'm super excited to have Jake today. And it is kind of <laughs> weird because we actually have only met in person one time. And that was at a party like, what, two and a half years ago? Before yeah, COVID. I want to say, I, I say August, it was... August of 2019. That's when it was. Oh, damn. And, I thought uh, it was 2018. I must be going to It may have been. <laughs> I don't even know, but it's, still, it's honestly crazy. So we're going to sound like a bunch of fucking nerds, but we've actually cultivated a great relationship through video games. And yes, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that can actually happen. So if you're against that, then go fuck yourself. So yeah, I guess just a little bit about myself to start out. Uh, name's Jake Edwards. P- typically go by uh, Jakey Rodman. Um, yes, sir. Jakey Rodman, to- baby! <laughs> I go to Ferris State University, which is a little D2 school up in Michigan. The obvious, the game I play most is 2K. Absolutely love 2K. Got in into 2K20. And that's actually how I got the nickname because I built my uh, my 2K build off of Dennis Rodman. And and tell them about what you got in your closet. You already know. I got the I got a black Dennis Rodman Bulls jersey hanging up in my closet right now. It's he's absolutely he's fire. So Jake, Jake can get a little salty playing 2K, and, and him and I uh, both get pissed <laughs> off when we play the rack together. But, you know, Ronnie just decided to make a dog shit game this year. But it is what it is. Um, we're salty together as long as, you know, along with all of our boys. But uh, I'd also like to start this off by saying Jake is one of those uh, miserable Detroit sports fans. I'm sorry to shit on you, Jake, right on the podcast. But um, no, nah, it's all right. It's all right. How does it feel to be a Detroit sports fan? Honestly. I mean, like, okay, honestly, it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you deal with the misery day in and day out almost every single week. Worst time of the year is from September to December <laughs> when you're watching the Lions because you, you just you just know that something fucked up is going to happen either. I love in the middle how you didn't season. say January. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh. you asshole. <laughs> uh, Continue though, but no, like uh, on the other side of that sword, you know, it's just the love you have for the city is unparalleled you know because you you hope eventually you will finally get to the promised land of the postseason and like i I don't know it's i'm sorry to bust your balls here but i don't think the lions have a shot anytime soon not with what we're seeing No, not anytime soon and i think for the first time since i started watching the lions back in 2015 or even like you know postseason 2014 when we got fucked over by the refs in dallas um, I actually have hope that not, not this next year, not the next year after that, but maybe like three to four years down the road, we could finally <laughs> break through. So is Jared Goff going to do it for you? Oh, no. no. I, I have a feeling that we're still going <laughs> to, I have a feeling we're still going to draft a quarterback, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. I feel. So one thing I'd like to say about Detroit is 
we, we Johnny and I spent most of our summers there growing up. Um, we'd spend months at a time there, uh, visiting our grandparents and hanging out with Hunter and Tyler, um, our buddies from up there. But at the end of the day, we used to go to Comerica Park. We used to go to Detroit sports games. And the culture of the city is so electric towards their sports teams. The fans here, the fans there care. They care about their teams. The problem is the management sucks, the ownership sucks, and the teams suck. And that's the whole issue with Detroit is it's just the fans are there to support the teams. When the Tigers were good in the early 2010s, man, you'd go to a Tigers game on a Wednesday afternoon in the summer and then be a sold-out crowd. Everybody would be there to watch the Tigers. But now you look at it, and there's obviously right before COVID, and they have the lowest attendance numbers in MLB. So, besides the Rays, I mean, I think that besides the Rays and the Marlins, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, well, they play in Florida, different story. You know that that's a whole different demographic. Baseball is just not very popular down there during the months that it's stupid hot outside. Um, but uh, I have to say, I apologize that you are a Detroit fan because. It is the most miserable fan to be, I truly believe. Uh, well, I, w- I will say um, this. I, I remember that day that the Tigers traded for David Price, and that rotation was just one of the best rotations of baseball Matthew. we've ever seen in history. And that had to have been a very exciting day. And then swept by the Giants. In the yeah, World and they Series. just – they nothing swept happened with it. So, but you know, I will say. Well, they made it to the World Series. They just got Detroit fans do have hope with the Red Wings. The Red Wings were good for a very, very long time. And hopefully we start to see that again because they're one of the most valuable franchises. They were garbage last year. I'm saying. Dude, they were bottom of the league. And then they got screwed with Alexis Lafreniere. They were supposed to have the first pick, but the lottery screwed them. They ended up getting the second pick. Lafreniere hasn't done anything. So, Jake, what team in Detroit gives you the most hope, though? Honestly. Like, if you had to look at your. Three or four teams, if you're a fan of the Pistons, which is tough to do, to, that's a tough boat to be in right now. Which one of those four major sports teams gives you the most hope out of Detroit? I mean, if I had to be honest, like completely honest about which team gives me the most hope, it actually is the Pistons. Because I love what I'm seeing out of Isaiah Stewart, Saban Lee, Sadiq Bey, you know, obviously with Killian Hayes. There's going to be talent there, but unfortunately he got sidelined with, I think, a knee injury or something. Um, but even then, like, bringing in players like Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, uh, Sekou Dumbia in his second year, if he'd ever get some fucking playing time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an interesting um, take because the Pistons do have the worst record in the NBA right now. And it's actually it's, second worst. Well, it yeah. Well, as of two nights ago, I haven't actually checked. Technically, out. but but Technically. either way, no. But it's so weird because you look at the wins that the Pistons have, and it's actually incredible. I think they've beaten the Seventy Sixers twice. Uh, they did they beat the Lakers? They, the Celtics. No, no. They beat they beat the, Cel- the Celtics. The Celtics twice. The Seventy Sixers, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Nets. Yeah. And those wins, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did beat the Nets. Yeah, and you look at those wins, and it's like, holy fuck. And then they've lost literally every other game. Like, those are their only wins this year. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that it's, I feel like with Detroit, it's a trap game. Every time they go in there, you know, these teams are like, oh, we're playing Detroit tonight. We can let easy. And they come in, and Detroit plays hard. 
Uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of young talent on that team, and they have a couple of mentors on there that can help guide them, you know, at least until these players are able to develop themselves into core players. And I like what they got going on in Detroit, but the problem is, is their front office keeps making mistakes. I mean, poor Blake Griffin. Uh, look at Derrick Rose. I mean, I feel bad for these these players because now they're they're. I mean, Blake Griffin's pretty much career is over since he's been in Detroit. He's done. His, his legs are done. You know, he won't be the same. Yeah, I think again. I read a stat the other and, day that he hasn't dunked in a game in like since 2018 or something like that, or 2019 maybe. Yeah, you'd yeah, be right. And, that's nuts. And that's just unfortunate because. As, as good as Detroit has with this young talent and the system that they're building here, it seems like there's just always something unfortunate that, that backlines the city. And that's how it's been with every single sports team, I feel like, over the past few generations. And that's why I don't think you've seen any titles in Detroit since the, the, the Red Wings in 07. Oh wait, yeah, you know? 07, 08. It's 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 yeah. been a long drought. So Jake, I kind of want to compare this because we are miserable New York sports fans. So I want to hear. Oh, don't even, don't even, no, don't even give me the miserable shit. No, I right? I want to know why it is miserable. No, nah, no, no. Being a New York sports fan is no, miserable. no. Listen, mm. man, Jake. I honestly want to know why it is. I want I want to hear your misery as a Detroit sports fan. I want to know why okay. it's miserable to be a Detroit sports fan, why you stick with those teams, and why it fucking sucks every year going into the new season that you have pretty much no hope. Okay, so with the with the Pistons, I'm just I'm pulling up some history here. Um, the last top five pick that the Pistons have had was in 2003. Oh, we know how that went. And we took, <laughs> we took good old Darko Milicic and passed on Melo, Wade, Bosch, and I don't know, it says Kyle Corbett hey, here. Darko but has a ring, Melo doesn't. This Darko is true. Ring, yeah, but if you, take a look at, if you take a look at who had the better career and to just think about how Melo would have done on that Pistons team... Melo would have had like two or three rings by now. All you need to know. Instead, he went to the fucking dynasty. Knicks. All you- Generational dynasty was possible for Detroit there. Oh. I mean, how do you draft? How do you have a top five draft pick and then still win the title? That's impressive. That's impressive. That's true, that 04. And the fact of the matter is, is that if they drafted a piece in Dwayne Wade or in Carmelo or in, you know, anybody in that draft besides Darko. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, they could have had a much better dynasty. That yeah. wouldn't have just been the span of one title and could have been multiple. Yeah, but it Look doesn't it. it doesn't stop there. In two thousand let's see, yeah, in two thousand nine two thousand ten, we drafted Greg Monroe at number seven. We passed on Gordon Hayward at nine, Paul George at ten, Eric Bledsoe at eighteen, and Avery Bradley at nineteen. <laughs> in two thousand eleven, we drafted Brandon Knight. And passed on Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Tobias Harris, Reggie Jackson, and Jimmy Butler. Hey, you ended up getting Tobias Harris anyways. Down the road. Eventually, <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't do shit, if I'm being honest. No. He's in Philly now. In where, where, where is Tobias? Tobias? Tobias. 76ers, Yeah, Tobias right? is with the Sixers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's with the Sixers still. So is in it... In 2013... No, I'm not done. In 2013, <laughs> we drafted KCP, the dude who won a ring in the underneath LeBron's wing last year. 
and we passed on McCollum and Giannis. Everybody passed on Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. You know, everyone passed. In 2015. You know who didn't pass on Giannis was the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks had like the 20. Yeah, the Knicks drafted. They drafted Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, they drafted Tim Hardaway. Yeah. Yeah. At like 22 oh, or 24. Really? So the Knicks did not pass on Giannis, people. World-class organization right there. <laughs> we just suck. Uh, in 2015, we drafted Stanley Johnson and passed on Devin Booker and Terry Rozier. And then our most recent blunder, we drafted Luke Kennard at, in 2017. And the pick later was Donovan Mitchell. So I want to say I'm, this, people, everyone who's listening, <laughs> there is four major Detroit sports teams, and he's only talking about the fucking basketball team. He's only talking about the Pistons. I, you know, I want to ask you to talk about the Lions and the Tigers, but I feel like you could talk about that for like four days straight. Well, you have, I mean, I mean you just look at the generational <laughs> issues with the Lions with the retirements of Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, who at the peak of their careers decided, I don't want to fucking play in Detroit anymore. Let me quit. You have Rob Gronkowski, who was traded to the Lions and said, I can't go to the Lions. He's fucking retired. <laughs> retired. He fucking retired. Before. Because he didn't want to play before for Before he got there. <laughs> before. <laughs> you look at this stuff and you just feel bad. You look at Calvin Johnson's catch in the end zone. Mm. In week one against the Bears. Where it was completely a touchdown. But the rule screwed him. You look at the playoffs. When the pass interference calls screwed them. All the fucking cowgirls. You look at just the way the referees have treated the Lions. You look at the Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary against the Lions multiple times. You look at all the issues that they've had with the front office and management. It's just bad, 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 bad. Don't and now you got fucking Jared Goff as your quarterback? <laughs> Oof. Oof. No, d- don't forget, I think it was uh, 2013. No, no, no. It was uh, like 2016, 2017. One of the last years that Caldwell was the coach for the Lions. They were playing the Seahawks in the wild card round. And the wide receiver for the Seahawks grabbed the ball with one hand, had the face mask of the Detroit corner in the other hand. He was twisting the helmet back, about to snap his fucking neck. And they called pass interference on the Lions. <laughs> That. Not to mention, I think it was that I think it was that same season in like week three, the batted ball in the back of the end zone. That is the epitome of being a Detroit and, Lions fan. And you guys went all in sixteen. I think we were the first I think we were the first team. If you look at if you look at the trade long term though, going 0-16 gave you Jared Goff and, a fir- and two first round picks. Not only that, <laughs> it was literally the year after we went 0-16, we got Matthew Stafford. But what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah so that's you got what, the yeah. Matthew Stafford with the first pick, oh, yeah, yeah, which 12 years later was traded to <laughs> first round Jared Goff. So, you know what? You went 0-16 for fucking Jared Jake, Goff. Jake, I can sympathize with you. Super Bowl quarterback. I'm not going to shit on Jared I, Goff. I can but, sympathize with you because I'm a miserable New York sports fan, but being familiar with Detroit sports makes me happy to be a New York sports fan, and it makes me happy to be a Mets fan because... Honestly, the Tigers are way down right now. And even when they had the most talent in the world, they couldn't get their shit together to win the World Series. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm just stating the facts. And obviously, I've seen the Giants win a couple Super Bowls. 
the Knicks are finally looking up for me. Now that'll probably come crashing and burning soon. And I feel like the Rangers and the Red Wings have pretty similar histories in terms of success. They're both pretty successful franchises in the past. They're both kind of... Original six. Yeah, both the original six. They're both kind of down right now, up-and-coming teams. But just from talking to you and realizing what has happened to the city of Detroit in regards to sports over the past couple of decades, I have to feel bad for your community as a whole. Because... Dude, you guys couldn't even fucking... You guys couldn't even destruct... Your own old football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I watched that up, too. You tried to blow up the Pontiac Silverdome, and you fucked that oh up, too. Yeah, you, I couldn't actually, even, you couldn't even destroy something. I actually you watched... something up. I watched that news broadcast uh, when it was happening. I saw the charges go off. It didn't collapse. And I think my mom, who was also a diehard Lions fan, was like, well, that's the most Lions thing you could ever fucking do. That is true. So, in regards, so so, is uh, Ferris playing football right now? Is that is that happening or no? no? Okay, I wasn't sure. No, not that not that I know of. Because I know they they are playing some Division two games or they're playing um, like the FCS games, and I didn't know which category yeah. Ferris State fell into. But I was about to say you could at least maybe look forward to that, but I guess not. No, I'm. Uh, I think it. Yeah, FCS is still technically D1, but it's not, like, as nationally recognized as, like, you know, your Alabamas, your yeah. Clemsons, your Michigan States, Michigan. Not the Power Five, but, yeah. But, uh, no. I just didn't know but, if D2 uh, we are doing ba- fell into that as well. I didn't know where, where that no. stood. No. It's, like, Division One, Division One a which is FCS, mm-hmm. and then Division Two. So did you say you guys were playing basketball right now? Yeah, we're doing basketball, softball. Well, yeah, I mean, our basketball team is okay. I know we won we won the national championship in 2018, which is pretty cool. But well, there you other go. than that, I mean, you have some history to look back on. <laughs> so, if you have to make a prediction, I do. Which of your four teams is going to win a title first? Oh fuck! Um, I feel like you have. <laughs> No, I feel like he has about zero hope for all of them to win a title within the next five years. I'm sorry to say that, but I do not see a Detroit team winning a title within the next five years. Within the next three years, for sure, I have no hope. I am not expecting much. But I guess going back to the youth and the new organizations that are coming in, or like the new administrations that are coming in, uh, I would have to say... The Pistons, again, just because of their youth and the new GM just that just came in, Weaver, you know, being able to see that talent to, to like, move through the draft. And I honestly feel like, you know, going back to the double-edged sword thing is, you know, yes, you look through the Pistons draft history, there's a lot of stinkers. But I feel like in order to get better, you have to – know what it feels like to blow a draft to then know how to draft, if that makes sense. But you've blown like six drafts. This is true. So when when does the learning process fix itself? I feel like, like it starts... I've had the same problem with the Knicks. The Knicks have drafted Kevin Knox and Nilakina, and, you know, people who have not turned out to be, you know, even R.J. Barrett's still struggling a little bit. He's finally starting to get his grasping, but he was the third pick, and you see the success of Zion and John Morant, and you're just upset that that was the third pick. 
But back this up to the fact of the matter is, is that I have to agree with you and that I see the Pistons being your only hope at this point. Um, unless Detroit, unless the Lions can do something to turn around the culture there, I don't see them winning for a long time. The Red Wings, they're just too young right now to be anywhere. Um, they don't have enough superstar power uh, to win the NHL. And then you look at uh, you look at uh, the Tigers, and the Tigers just don't have any rosterable ability to to be. The Tigers have some. Time. They the Tigers you know, have all, good and upcoming talent. Though they have Spencer Togerson and they have Casey Mize coming through the minors. But it's going to take time. Yeah. The only people. The, the here's the thing about the Pistons. The Pistons can sign two people and be contenders. None of those other. But teams what can do NBA that. player? The Pistons are the only team that can wants do that. to go play Detroit. Is what I'm saying. Blake Griffin did it. Der- Derrick Rose did it. I mean, but they it's were the past. To I feel like they were culture that's been bad. For I feel so like they long. were past their primes at that point. It's the same thing as the Knicks, though. So you think that they're just? It's going It's the there? same thing as the Knicks, though. The Knicks don't attract any big free agents because they their culture's fucking. That's because their owner's their, a piece of shit. That's not because the city. I know, but the cultures their their basketball culture has finally taken a turn this year. It is finally looking upwards for the first time. In about a decade, 2012 was the last time, 2012, 2013 was the last time they made the playoffs. So eight or nine years, they are finally starting to have a culture that is looking upwards and is positive. And that is the most important thing in the NBA because you could have all the star power in the world. But if you don't have that culture, you don't have that supportive base for your players, you can't do anything with that. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. Brooklyn in 2013, Houston the last five years. I mean, there's so many different options you can look at. Oklahoma City. I think the I mean, biggest so thing where you see all the star power the, and the struggle. I think the biggest thing with the Pistons is hoping, honestly, that all these big superstars start to fade out in the next five years when they become 36, 37 years old, and that their draft talent builds stock because they're playing together as a young core now. And that they nail their next couple of lottery picks. That's going to be the key for the Pistons to be contenders within the next couple of years. Well, not only that, but you mentioned you know building culture, you know, like be, building a like I guess you, you could call it a supportive environment. The problem with the Pistons, especially, and even with the Lions, is that they were in a win now mentality because of what they were getting from their fan bases. Uh, like, you know, when we brought in Blake Griffin, we were in a win-now mentality. That's how we made the playoffs in, I think, 2018. Yeah, and you got, got swept, swept by the Bucks. Bucks. And got swept by the yeah. Bucks. And that's also why we brought in, like, Derrick Rose and all that. And the new GM for the Pistons was like, fuck that. We're going to build this thing from the ground up. Same thing with the Red Wings and bringing back Stevie. Why? You know, we're not trying to be in a win-now mentality as we were for the past five years exactly we're trying to actually build something instead of just trying to you know push something out and be like here have this so let me let me i feel like with a lot of big markets hold on i want to make this point first i feel like with a lot of big markets you know like detroit chicago los angeles new york you know not like a minnesota or like oklahoma city i feel like these expectations for these big market teams are just so high that it's a buy now mode all the time and you see that these big city teams struggle to rebuild without signing some big superstars that are going to carry them i mean look at what's happening in brooklyn right now um so you see how it's just tough 
with the pressure from all the fans of a big market, big city culture, you can sit there and feel the need to take the time to rebuild. And I think it's so important for Detroit to do what they're doing now in rebuilding the culture. And I, I have to agree with you that I think that maybe, maybe eventually there can be some hope for the city. You know, oh, absolutely. Let me ask like, you guys this question real I quick. Am, oh. So we are both fans of miserable sports towns for the since we've been alive pretty much. So Correct. would you guys rather see – let's just take the Knicks and the Pistons. Would you guys rather see the Knicks and the Pistons get in as the 8 and the 7 seed and get demolished in the first round? Or would you rather see them tank and hope to build better for the future? Tank and hope to build better for the future. Okay, Anthony, what do you think? The Knicks, I feel like at this point, have done what they've needed to do to put themselves into the position to make a playoff run. Um, I'm saying hypothetically, so seeing though. seeing them as a low seed. Let's say that... Hypothetically, let's I'd rather, say that If they're a shit team, if I know they don't have any talent and I know there's a big draft class this year, if it's a shitty draft class, go for it, dude. Go for it. If it's a, It all depends. There's so many variables when it comes to that question. Because This year. I look let's at say, it and say this, well, let's say this year. Tank. Let's say this year. Go for the playoff. Okay. Go and Jake, you're run. saying tank. Go for the playoff run. Tank, tank for Cade Cunningham. <laughs> I, I feel like – so here's where I feel like the difference is here is that the Pistons have been in, in that position recently to the point where they got to that eight seed and they got the shit kicked out of them in the first round and it meant absolutely nothing. Nobody remembers that the Pistons were the eight seed in 2018. But the Knicks haven't been there in eight years and that's how desperate the fans are. We are so tired – of seeing our team tank every single year and not be in that playoff picture, that we are just exactly. dying to see that. And so I feel like once you get to that point, it doesn't even matter that you get swept in the first round. You just want to see your team be there. It's just a difference maker. And I hope that Pistons fans don't lose interest because when Detroit Pistons basketball is rocking, it's fun to watch. And I know... The Palace was a fun place to be. I've been to a couple games there. I'm sad they're gone. But Little Caesars, Little Caesars Arena is a nice place, nice new arena right downtown. And when that place is rocking, it's rocking. I've been to a couple games there too. And it's just so much better when these bigger market teams in these bigger cities have something to offer to the fans on a nightly basis, just, just day in and day out. So I hope this front office starts to build for the Pistons and all the other sports teams in the city because when the Tigers are good, that's really fun to watch as well. I used to love going to Tigers games in the summers of 2012, 2013 when they were fucking kicking everyone's ass. It was a great thing to see. It was like you got excited to go yeah. see Verlander pitch. You got excited to go see Scherzer pitch. And you were ready to go to the games. And now it's like, oh, you can go sit behind home plate for fucking $20. Like, cool. Oh, yeah. And not even that. Like, you could buy a ticket in the upper section for $5 yep. and then sneak your way down behind home plate. Exactly, which is even more sad. It's even more sad that, that, that those seats aren't filled because of how bad they are right now. And also, it's not even that they're bad, but all your teams are bad at the same time right now, which also sucks because we've been there as yeah. New York fans you know, the Giants, Knicks, Mets, last, and Rangers since, since the, the Giants, we, have all sucked. We've seen one playoff appearance. Besides the Rangers, we've seen one playoff appearance in the last 
five, four years, right? One I honestly year. think. And that was the Giants, 2015. I honestly think New York and Detroit's sports uh, fan bases are very comparable in that regard. I really Easily, do. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you're a Jets fan, too. Look at the other spectrum of it. The Giants are the only team to have success championship wise, besides my Cardinals, but that's not a New York sports Well, team. no. The so Jets. If you look at. The Jets have the Jets won a still, Super Bowl they made before. It the, they made it to the. But they. Yeah. 40 years ago. I mean, there's more now. than the fucking Lions. <laughs> <laughs> at least you've won a Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, people like us who are alive now, they've never gotten to experience it. I'll tell you firsthand experiencing a championship is unlike any other. It is literally the most crazy thing ever, the most exciting time of your life as a sports fan to have your team win the championship. So to have that feeling for Jets fans and not to have it with anybody, I mean, look at that. If you're a Giants or if you're a Jets, Mets, Rangers, and Knicks fan, right? If you just flip Johnny's basketball football team to the Jets, Johnny's seen nothing. He's seen the Mets make the World Series once. He's seen the Technically Jets Technically twice, but I was only one. And, and the Rangers make the cup. And the Rangers make the cup. That's it. Well, so, Jake, Jake, I, I will say this. And for all of our buddies that play PlayStation and 2K with us, I hope you guys see a Lions Super Bowl because it has to be one of the greatest feelings to have as a sports fan. There is absolutely nothing oh, like sure. it. Nothing like it. Yeah, for all the Detroit yeah. sports fans out there, I am rooting for you guys one day to make a Super Bowl. As long as as long as the Lions aren't playing the Giants in the NFC Championship, I'm rooting for the Lions all day. I always root for Detroit. I always root for Detroit sports as long as they're not playing my team. They're by far and away my second favorite team. I will always root for Detroit sports fans. I love the people of Detroit because they're really good fans. New York fans can be fucking assholes. Fuck Philly fans. We've already been over that. But there's no, there's no asshole section to the Detroit sports fan base as a whole. Obviously, there's asshole fans everywhere. But Detroit fans as a whole are just great. They love their sports teams. They're loyal. They're there. They know their history. And I just – I would – Unless you're Hunter Brown, then you're just a fucking fair weather fan. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Hunter Brown. Wow. Not even here. You're shitting on him. At least – at least I could say uh, he'll be back. At least I could say that no one in Detroit sports fan history has ever beat up Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. That's true. Good reference there. That's unbelievable. I like that. Okay. All right, Jake. So, uh, uh, what what do you? If you have one closing statement to the podcast, what would you say it would be? And 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 I just want you to give us a lasting message that the viewers will remember you as until you're on next time. Uh, okay, lasting message. It would probably be that Detroit sports might suck now, but I cannot wait until five years down the road that it has completely flipped and the Lions have at least won a playoff game <laughs> in five years. Jacob, the- hey, hot take from Jakey Rod. If if this if if the if the Lions do have success or any Detroit playoff team or any Detroit team has success. Within the next five years, this is going to be on Spotify till then. So you can always come back and be like, "I was right," and then, oh, yeah. and you know, if you're wrong, you can just be like, yeah, "You know, you'll forget about it." It's kind of like Johnny Senior quote. Listen, my senior quotes <laughs> in play. Don't fucking talk to me like that yet. Hey, at least I I accurately predicted, and I know my buddies Cohen, Joe, and my brother Zach can back me up on it. I said I think it was around the twenty. 16 2017 season 
that Eric Ebron would be better than Odell Beckham Jr. in two years' time. 2018 rolls around. I think Eric Ebron is putting up on like career highs for, throughout the season, and I think Odell was trying to marry a kicking net. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting take. I like this. Eric Ebron compared I to I like OBJ. Good takes. I know Lions fans hate well, Eric Ebron, so fuck oh, him, fuck right? <laughs> but it is official that I think we can all agree on the fact that Detroit does have it the worst right now and in all major sports, and I do feel bad about that. And, Jake, I, I want you to know that uh, you're not alone and that we got us New York fans backing you up and hoping for your success in your sports teams. Um, for all you Detroit fans who are listening, I have hope in your sports teams, and I hope to see you guys have success in the future, just as I hope to see maybe my Knicks win a playoff game. True. Yeah, Jake, <laughs> thank you for joining us today, man. I love having you on. Uh, You're a loyal Detroit sports, sports fan. You know your shit in and out. And, uh, yeah, next time you come on, we'll talk some uh, 2K beef because we could have a good conversation about that. <laughs> Don't even get my man Jakey Robin revved up about 2K, ladies and gentlemen. He'll get all fired up. All fucking fired up. You want to talk up. about the first hour and a half podcast? That'll be the first hour uh. and a half podcast. And it'll just be Jake talking for a solid 45 minutes. You know what would be great if we get sponsored? <laughs> Ronnie 2K hears about us. And we just have a nice little intervention between Ronnie 2K and Jakey Rodman on a segment. Oh, I am shitting <laughs> all over him. <laughs> Too good. Too so. good. Uh, well, well, Jake, thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, out. man. Oh, yeah. Thank we you for having, having me. You. It's always a pleasure. Yep. Loved having you. Sorry, I just completely um, interrupted you. But, Tony, uh, yeah. I, I know you I already dick. know Tony's <laughs> about to tell you that we're not sponsored yet. So, uh, if you would like to sponsor us, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, Tony Tartaglione on Twitter. JTags19. Instagram, Anthony Tartaglione. Uh, JTags99 for me. And, yeah, that'll about wrap it up for today. Uh, And we hope that New York and Detroit sports have success well into the future. And if you want to let us know, if you have any comments or concerns, reach out to us on social media or give us a text if you know us personally. And, yeah, thank you guys again very much. And we will be back next week. Good shit. Good shit. Greatest outro of all time.